0: Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. Another great day here and uh, I'm so excited to share with you as we're wrapping up this year some some uh, new things that are going to be happening and one of those is we're going to be changing the show a bit. You know, Success Happens began if you guys remember way back when as Success Matters and it evolved to Success Happens and I've been on now gosh since December 2014, and uh, we're now realize I I realize that the show has morphed and I've changed. I've grown with you. You've grown with me. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. So I'm going to be shifting the show to the Jen Charlton show starting January, and I'm very excited about this change because it's still blending business and politics, which is what I do. And uh, you know, as you look at life, we know that everything is involves business and politics in one form or another so it's been a big part of uh, my journey and I'm very excited to to take us to the next level we'll be going out on other stations, and so forth. So stay tuned for some exciting changes with the Jen Charlton Show, and we'll be asking for your help to spread the word. So I wanted to say welcome to this show as success happens, and we have today Peter Husey, who has been a dear friend and and an expert on all things China. China. I like the way that President Trump says that. China. And I thought it was appropriate to bring Peter back in and just— talk about what's been going on. You know, you see the pictures and videos and images of what's coming out of China and the, not just suppression, the oppression, the violent treatment toward their own people. And you got to ask yourself, why, why on earth would one human being do that to another in the name of government, I'm here for you? It's kind of absurd. And I think they finally had enough in China. So good morning, Peter. Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Great to be here.
0: Wonderful. And so I thought, you know, we're going to talk about a few things about China. One of the things we've been covering for a while is the, the notion that China was involved in some way or another, infiltrated, if you will, our election process. And... Uh, since we've been kind of covering that the last couple of weeks, we'll start there and then go from there. So what – when you look at the the opportunity for China and, frankly, Russia or maybe Ukraine, some of the bad o- actors there in the dark um, world of of stealing elections and, and installing regimes and so forth that goes on um, – Do you have any idea if China was involved in any aspect of our elections in either 2020 or 2022? Well,
1: I'm in the business of what President Reagan called public diplomacy, about getting information to members of Congress, people in the Pentagon and the Air Force and people who are national security specialists and get the best possible information to them because a lot of stuff, there are certain facts, and then it comes to a point of judgment because you don't know, but you have to use judgment. And the question in my mind has been the Chinese are great deceivers and we have deceived ourselves. There's an old saying is the Russians lie to us all the time, but they lie to themselves too. And they believe it. (laughs) The Chinese... Understand what they're telling us is baloney, but they're masters at it, and we have bought into uh, the Chinese economic successes, the lack of military capability, what the Chinese themselves call peaceful rise. Don't worry, there's not a problem, and it goes to the corruption of American business and industry that have basically looked the other way in terms of using Chinese. It's not just the bad labor. It's the fact that they don't have an EPA or an OSHA or environmental standards or health standards that we would insist in any place in America. And so you have massive formaldehyde in dog food. You have poison stuff in baby food. You have a third of all the rivers and lakes in China. You can't can't go in in terms of swimming and you can't drink any of it because it's so poisonous. You look across the street in some cities like peking you can't see across the street because of the black dense fog from coal mining and coal burning so in my mind that's the gravest threat from China because so much of like black rock which is trillions of dollars of investment as uh, Larry Fink said the who heads it oh he liked China because he says totalitarian countries are so predictable okay Because, you know, remember Stalin said about elections, they're so unpredictable. So you have China engaging in practices that no one wants to talk about and deceiving us about what they're doing in the world that no one wants to talk about. To me, that's really dangerous because unless we have a clear eye as to what China's up to, I don't care whether it's nuclear weapons. I don't care whether it's not It's the activity in the South China Sea. I don't care whether it's the products they sell us and the manipulation of their currency. It has a huge economic impact on us. As you talk about, you know, the nature of success, business and stuff, if we don't get China right, uh, they've corrupted us. And I think unhooking us from the Chinese economic Uh, sphere is critically important it's not just trade but it's also investment the supply chain and to me that is the biggest impact on our elections is the complete lack of candor on the part of american leaders across the board with respect to how seriously uh a danger china is now it's better we now have our military is absolutely just issued a report on this just and the we're getting much better. American people, I think, 80% think China's a threat. Okay. So, to me, that is the, the absence of that discussion during the election with, on top of which, this suppression of debate, which is terrible, okay? So, so to me, that- that's the worst thing is that these people on the social media accounts, they don't want to debate. They don't want a discussion. It's their way, and that's it. And they want unchecked views. That they're never reviewed, they're never vetted, they're never... Well,
0: you're talking about Twitter and all that's oh, all been going on. Yeah. And
1: whether it's uh, the, the uh, green energy, or whether it's transgender surgeries, or whether or not it's uh, critical race theory. So
0: let's get back. I want to get back, though, because we've, we've migrated off topics. Just well, the topic
1: second. is the lack of debate in the campaign was deliberate.
0: Yeah, they blocked information, exactly. which leads me to the and, next point, which and that's is Hunter. What,
1: that's exactly what China does in their own country, is they have no debate on anything. It's so the, we've become Pal- China. Well, it's the Politburo way or that's or the highway, okay? Yeah,
0: yeah. So let's talk about Hunter. Back to your point. They blocked that information from the people. Absolutely. Many of us knew it. I mean, I was told about it by Sam Faddis, who ran for U.S. Senate here in Maryland. And um, Sam was involved in that project, we'll call it, and understanding what was going on with that laptop and he's been on the show talking about it so exactly so we we know that what was a what what he, Hunter had done was essentially a national security risk that should have risen I mean let's put the shoe on the other foot if Trump's you know uh, son, was hunter doing those things my goodness oh my the God. man would be in gitmo he and his son yes. and all his family members yes. they'd have thrown them all in there so that, how that, on that's, earth that's that,
1: why a sitting vice president president i don't care you don't allow them to make deals with unsavory people you don't let they un-
0: being family
1: anybody and you don't let unsavory people sh- show up in the white house and meet with the president because of the problem of blackmail.
0: Well, but Hunter then, was more the, than blackmail. Well, Hunter was, was in business with exactly. China. Exactly,
1: that's what our point is. Yeah, you don't. And, and they were doing business while Mr. Biden was the vice president of the United States.
0: I mean, it's outrageous. Well, but yeah. Because what's it, worse it, it, is it, back to our point: Twitter blocked the information.
1: Yeah, I think uh, on behalf
0: the, of the DNC.
1: Yes,
0: that's happened. So, so I want to get back to then. Therefore. Was China involved in our 2020 election? I say yes.
1: I understand what you're saying. The thing is that the folks that were making the deals with China had every incentive to make sure they never saw the light of day. Okay. They don't want to hear about Mr. uh, Bobolinsky. They didn't want to hear about, you know, the the big guy getting X percent of the money. The FBI went to Twitter and said, you know, this might be Russian disinformation. And then Twitter well, the says the
0: FBI is crooked. We all well, know that. Now. Yes, but yeah. they
1: did that. I don't, you can't tell me that the FBI didn't do that on the request of the DNC.
0: But why on earth does the FBI now report to the DNC? Well, because I mean, they this were told is what I'm saying. So. The FBI is supposed to be an independent no, 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 agency.
1: What I'm saying is that's what they did, and so they became an agent of a political party, which is the yeah. parallel well, to China. Hear- that parallels to China is amazing. Here you have a Justice Department and FBI that are working on behalf of one political party to suppress information that has huge national security implications for the country. China's not going to tell us what the heck went on, okay? And the thing is that, yes, Americans, thousands and thousands of millions of Americans make deals with China all the time. Go to the store and pick something up. Made in China, okay? Understood. But that's legitimate. It's above the table, and I'd rather we didn't. But... When you're making deals with China solely to get access to decision-making, and then you find out not just it's across both parties. We're making kissy-face deals with China, giving them world trade, uh, uh, most favored nation, world trade status. We seriously have problems with all the raw materials we need for iPhones to solar collectors about the, rest, the Chinese control so much of this. It's and the deals they're now making with Russia, they're cooperating with Russia on military exercises in the there Arctic, being China, China in the South China Sea, in the Arctic. I've written about this, and they've become partners with the Russians on whole s- s- sorts of military issues, particularly with respect to Iran and okay, North Korea. So
0: if we go back though to China, so there's a couple of things that I've concluded out of this conversation. One is. They did interfere in the election because they, they participated in activities that were then blocked by uh, the DNC through the FBI and Twitter. So there was a whole collusion there. It did happen. I'm fairly but sure that's you're 100%. right. 100%.
1: The Chinese do not want to see a lot of these deals see the light of day.
0: Right. Because someone the may then say,
1: enough's enough. We've got to stop this.
0: The other thing that we—I I don't have verification on um, the— software interactions and whether China infiltrated the election process through software. But I suspect it happened. That's more of a gut thing. I don't have any verification on it. But we do know that they are huge paper product suppliers. And so they did do printing of ballots for us. I'm pretty certain on that. So, you know, when you look at the mail-in ballot system, And you go back, and I was talking with my dad about this. You go back to the, and Natalie, you go back to the beginning. Everything worked together to get us to where we are today. And the China virus, as you and I covered from the beginning, right, was all part of instilling a fear in people that shut us down. And there's been a lot of research and a lot of writing coming out right now about fear. And if there's one thing I can say to my listeners is, Don't be afraid, because it turns you into a statue and makes you immobile. And this is not a time to be immobile. It's a time to be nimble. We must be able to move through the different spaces and things that we're dealing with quickly and with um, with minimal cost because money is so is so precious right now and and so do not be afraid this is not a time to be afraid and inactive Well
1: what happened is we, we were panicked and then we were immobile in the sense of not protecting our Bill of Rights and we without even thinking gave up our Bill of Rights, in terms of association and where we went to work, and then we're telling people, no, if you don't get the vaccination, you don't get a job.
0: Okay, it was outrageous. Or
1: you can't send your children to school. And as we now know, the whole lockdown didn't work. It caused enormous pain and trouble. Well, it and worked trouble. for the
0: people who intended a certain well, outcome. It didn't work for us.
1: They wanted it worked to for have, the
0: people in power. They
1: wanted unchecked power. Right. Don't question authority. Because I'm science. Mm -hmm. Don't question authority because uh, you're reckless or you're crazy or you're radical or whatever.
0: Or selfish.
1: And and then then they shut down debate. There's a difference between everybody keeps saying, well, the social media people wanted to give them uh, power over or the politicians wanted power or social media. No, they wanted unchecked power. They wanted it unvetted, meaning there's only one side of the green energy debate. Which is you either are in favor of getting rid of carbon and fossil fuels or you're not, because there's no there's no chance for any kind of discussion. So it's the opposite of debate. And in our elections, what we do is Jimmy Carter and John and and uh, Mr. Baker, former Secretary of State under President Bush, headed a commission in the early 2000s, and they came up and said mail-in ballots is the most easiest way to commit fraud. Don't do it. A lot of states just willy-nilly, the governors overrode the state legislatures and said, hell with it, we'll just send out paper ballots to everybody, whether they request them or not.
0: That happened in Maryland.
1: It happened all over the country, in all particularly yeah. key battleground states. And, and the thing is, on top of which, the state of Wisconsin, for example, as Mr. Varkoski has pointed out, bans drop boxes in the Constitution. Yeah, the Secretary of State of, of Wisconsin said, "Deal with it. We're going to put drop boxes." In. And, you and then you saw Denise work yeah. of people coming in and stuffing the ballots right. in the boxes at two o'clock in the morning, right? And then taking cell phone pictures to prove because they were getting paid for every ballot they stuffed in the box. And tell me, if you're not doing something surreptitious, why are you dropping ballots into a box at two o'clock in the morning? Right. And we're talking about tens of thousands of votes total. Could have switched the entire election.
0: So let me just remind people that here in Maryland, there was more than $6 million paid of Zuckerbucks to various NGOs to do just that in yeah, it was, our elections. It was so- ballot,
1: ballot harvesting and, and, and basically using his money and private entities who were not public servants and nonpartisan. They were partisan Democrats and a lot of these nonprofit groups to basically go out and grab people and get them to vote.
0: So I constitute that as election election interference. He interfered it in is. our elections, and he ought to pay. So, and I, I mean from the standpoint of, you know, it's at least a felony worth, I think it's five years and there's money involved, or it's treason. You choose. But <laughs> when... You
1: don't even have to go that far. The thing is, he basically put his finger on the election scale.
0: And we're talking about Zuckerberg.
1: Yeah, and he did it with the connivance of the state secretaries of state in all these states without the knowledge of the state legislature
0: which brings us to soros installing many of those people in the past so
1: yes that was his, here we are his so secretary of we, state project
0: so we've covered elections we've covered twitter we've covered hunter anything more about hunter that you want to say about that young man uh, and his big daddy
1: i just think as someone who has involved been involved with china in 50 years of trying to get us away from this tar baby uh, this is a very ugly I have to say it evil country when you harvest organs from Fulong Kong people that you kill in prison and then harvest their organs while they're still alive and you do this on a regular basis and sell these organs all over the world and when you torture people and have concentration camps of the it's not just the Uyghurs it's the slave labor and you poison people this way and you search people out around the world the Chinese are building what we call they call them police stations around the world they have them here in America and what they do is they go to Chinese citizens that are here studying or working who have quote-unquote committed thought crimes in China meaning they were dissented against the government they're grabbing them and saying we have your children at home and we have your family and we're gonna you know be mean to them and do bad things to them but you can come Quietly with us and come back to China and and face the charges that you have to charge. And we're letting these police stations, as they call them, operate here in America. They're all over the world. Hold
0: on. This is the first time I've heard about police stations. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want you to explain a little bit more about that. I have Peter Husey in studio, expert on China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, South Korea, and others, uh, bad actors around the world. And we're talking about. I think we're talking about trying to save America. We'll be right back. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at
1: WFMD.com, a service of Holzapfel Heating and Air Conditioning.
0: happens this is jen and i have in studio peter husey we're talking about china and we're we were before the break you got into some pretty horrific stuff that they do to people in in china and it's it's uh pretty disconcerting that one human being would do such things to another all in the name of power control and money but when you look at the, you talked about police stations. Where are police stations located? This is the first time I'm hearing of this. Well, Where it, in it, U.S. are police what, stations?
1: They're in major cities, and what they do is they entice Chinese nationals who are citizens of China but visiting America as a student or a business person to go back to China and face the charges that have been leveled against them for dissent, basically thought crimes. They said something in the paper or they could give an interview on TV. They've been uh, said things against the Chinese government and the Chinese government are threatening their families that are back home and saying, you have to come home or we're going to do bad things to these people. The Iranians have a different tactic. The Iranians just go find expatriate Iranian citizens around the world and kill them on the street. The Chinese are trying to grab them and bring them home. That's what I mean. And they're they're. Dozens and dozens of countries and where the Chinese have established what they call police stations. That's what the Chinese call them.
0: And how does that police station controlled by the CCP operate within our borders? How, who's it, letting them do well, it's that? It's like
1: a Confucius Institute or anything else the Chinese do. It's no. It, they they basically go and try to find Chinese citizens that are bad mouthing the Chinese government, the Communist Party.
0: But are they are they operating within our own police system and no, law enforcement? No, no, no. They
1: they, they're, they're, they don't have guns and walking around with you know police uniforms. Okay, but they that's what they call them, and that's what American journalists have called them as Chinese police stations. Uh-huh. Which is kind of an interesting. It's a way of a Chinese to stop dissent which is what's going on in China now, is this this the massive, you're talking multiple million, tens of millions of Chinese are saying enough is enough. Not just COVID, but all the restrictions that they have. And the Chinese government... And they're
0: fighting back in the streets. They are. I mean, it's like ten, Tiananmen Square times 10, isn't it?
1: What happens is the Chinese government, particularly this one, have a paranoia about dissent. They're terrified that... Elements within the country are going to break off and become independent. And they know how harsh they've been, and it's they, 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 the only way to, to rule. And they are basically, as, I, as you can see, we don't get many pictures. Uh, it would be amazing if there was a CNN in China that actually could rove around and take pictures and, and, and video. They're really worried now that the problem is there's one guy who's made all the decisions, that's Xi Jinping. He can't blame anybody else. He can't say, oh, that guy did Tiananmen Square or that guy, I gave him authority to do it and he blew it, okay? He has made it very clear he's the cheese. And the problem is that they're now terribly worried that this dissent is going to become infectious. The problem is most of the people don't have guns.
0: Where is it Where is it centralized, the dissent?
1: The dissent's everywhere. That's what's unique about this. It's not just Peking. It's not just Shanghai. It's not just, you know, let's say Hong Kong which gets news from the West and has the ability to talk to it and have cell phones and things like that, even though they've cracked down considerably in Hong Kong. It's all over in China. And that's what's surprising about the dimensions of it. Now, remember, the Chinese tried desperately to keep it away from news sources. So we're seeing a little bit of it, but it is such so widespread is that we're getting reports from various different parts of China, all of which looks the same. Which is massive dissent against the Chinese government. Now, are they going somewhere like Iran? Iran has the same dimension.
0: Hold that thought. Who knows? Hold that thought. We'll come back from the bacon break and we'll talk a little bit about that with Peter Husey. You're listening to Success Happens right here on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to thank our sponsors Sweeties on the Creek we're scooping now and Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. Program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have Peter Husey in studio, and we're talking about China, and we're going to also talk about Iran. And uh, when you talk about the—you started to say, compare China to Iran, and I think it was relating to the elections, but continue, or, or well, actually the uprisings.
1: Well, Iran has—you see something that happened back in 2009— But this is different. The numbers and dimensions in Iran. I mean, the Iranian government and the Revolutionary Guard Corps are not touchy about killing their own people. They're not reticent to do it. Uh, And the Iranians, the the demonstrators, uh, are much more vociferous now, much more prevalent, and much greater in number. Now, will the Iranians always find a way to kill people because they have the guns Tragically, that may be the case. But I think the dimensions of it is such that we're seeing it there and we're seeing it in China. We're also seeing it in Brazil where 31 million people have been demonstrating about the crooked election where the president of the country gets, former president, convicted of four felony uh, crimes, which prohibits him then from running for office. The Supreme Court in Brazil, all his buddies, overturned that without any authority under law, so he could run. And then he wins an election by one-tenth of one percent, in which everybody believes it's just totally crooked. I think it's fascinating that in China, Iran, and Brazil, t- three very big countries, they're all far, far crazy left. And uh, the The, Iranians, the leadership, the not, leadership the people, no, not the people. Not the people.
0: People are like us. But th- the thing So what
1: the- it tells me is that our concern here about the way our elections have been screwed up its not a phenomenon that's just American. It's this world, this is... It is global. People who want to be totalitarian and authoritarian like to rig elections. Because remember what Stalin said, the reason about free elections is it's uh, unpredictable. And he said the important thing is not who votes, but who counts the votes.
0: So there's, you know, when you look at... Um the infiltration into our elections we know that soros has been a part of that we know that uh we we talk about zuckerberg and Zuckerberg's. so it's not a hard leap guys to imagine that our our country has been messed with with our elections you know but then you have somebody like westmore who calls us that you know the dnc (laughs) he's like a dnc mouthpiece well you're an election denier yeah because you're an election fraud denier, well, it's and you got to start dealing with yeah. people cheated, and people should go to jail. And oh, by the way, at what to what extent is it just a do-over? And I said this, and I, I, I want I want everybody to remember back if you were listening, the Saturday after the 2020 election, I said we need a do-over, and I think I had Hans on with me uh, from Heritage, but. Uh, or it might have been Judicial Watch. I can't remember. But you know, I said I want a do-over, and he says, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." We are at the point where even President Trump is saying, "Do we need a do-over?" I mean, really seriously, guys. When it's this bad, the thing is that if you it's look like his, we're a third-world country.
1: Thing is, we've looked. You look historically. We don't have a remedy for a very bad fraudulent election, except for with respect to the Electoral College, they can vote. We don't think the the Secretary of State cannot certify the election and the electoral votes. It's happened historically two or three times where the Electoral College people come and vote not for the quote unquote official tabulation, but a different state. They they think it's fraud. We don't have, we have not figured out a way to, because the difference between the election is November, you know, first week in November, and December 6th, the Electoral College vote, there's not a time for the courts to consider anything. And so they tend to dismiss it, saying it's mood or it's it's OBE, and and therefore you end up basically with the public going, well, what the heck happened? Because Jennifer, I think it's more serious. When you have six hundred thousand people vote before the Senate candidate in Pennsylvania even shows up for a debate, this is Fetterman. Six hundred thousand people early voted. If you have early voting before debates have even happened, before you've even vetted the candidates, it's the whole vetted thing. Vote before you see the evidence. Because, because
0: they didn't ca- – those no, votes no, 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 were installments. They but weren't yes. – uh...
1: But but you have to understand, it obviates the whole value of an election, which is wait for the candidates to speak, have a debate, end the campaign, and then show up in person with paper ballots one like day, they do in France. One One vote. One day. And vote. And right. we'll count them. And right. guess what? France can do it in like – Ten minutes, for crying out loud. Yeah, you just And we go through at, this
0: you, you baloney. measure it at the precinct level. That's how you do it.
1: Right. And the thing is, this early voting is basically saying that the campaign doesn't matter. That's number one. Number two, not only early voting is bad enough, but then you don't have discussion of the debate on anything because you're not allowed to challenge the green energy deal. You're not allowed to challenge critical race theory. You're not allowed to challenge transgender, what they call it, gender-affirming surgery when you butcher a child. I'm reading an Epic Times article today about these doctors all over the country are saying there's no medical benefit what we're doing to these children. And doing it underage and
0: Actually, absent, it's, it's absent their, detrimental. yes,
1: absent their parents' permission.
0: I mean, the psycho- psychological just, effects on these kids is there, you know, a evo- much children, higher rate of suicide. Right.
1: And then the children come back and they go back to what they wanted to be originally. But how does a young girl, a young boy, when they've had such radical surgery, go yeah, back to their, their birth, uh, the gender at birth? It's horrible what we're doing to these children. It's horrible. But, but so anyway, see, what it, I'm saying is when you have elections, you're meant to have a debate. I'm in the business of debating. I'm in the business of laying out positions on things. When you have the absence of any debate, you have no dissent, you have no discussion, and it's not just two positions. All posi- all issues are multi-positions uh, you can take, five or six different ways of looking at it. What we've got is a, we, we campaign in this country where there's only one way to do it, and the dominant media is is so important by Basically making sure your narrative is not heard. And Twitter and the social media folks reinforce that. And what Musk has done is undone this mania for uniformity of thinking. And that's what they don't like. Remember why, why they didn't like Rush Limbaugh? Because he was a dissenter. He said, no, there's not just the ABC, CBS, NBC. That's why they didn't like Fox. That's why they don't like...
0: So I want to go back to something that we we glossed over, and I, w- I don't want to miss it. I want to go back to what you said about Brazil: thirty million people right now. China is uprising, and I and I and I think about where we are as a nation today, and I think about the Moms for Liberty. Shout out to them who have gotten people together, but we're not we're we're still not getting it as a country, guys. Not yet. We don't get that your freedom is at risk. Yeah. Like, really, so what are you willing to do to regain your freedom? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to show up at noon on Tuesday and take yourself out of work and do whatever you got to do and rearrange the kids and the sports and the pickups and the whatevers to be at a city hall somewhere Just. To, to show your discontent. So we have been unwilling to be one of those people because we allow the left to demonize us with their nasty name calling. OK, you're a you're a, uh, an election denier. And I saw Westmore speak it from his lips. <laughs> Okay, I hear you. And he was nasty. He was seething, seething with hatred and venom.
1: I think, Jennifer, what we're seeing now is we'll see whether Mr. Baker was able to delete (laughs) enough emails or whether he finally wasn't or we'll see it in writing.
0: Mr. Baker needs his butt in jail. Well,
1: let's let's the thing is that what you're seeing in on paper
0: and that's Mr. Baker with Twitter, just so yes. people know, who and, used and, to be with FBI, and right. and and he but, he was in there undermining. Yes, he was. Elon, but, after he purchased yes, it, deleting yes. the evidence that showed that they were colluding understand. with the government. But
1: Barry Weiss is a former New York Times reporter; she's very credible, even with the left, even though they don't like the fact that she left in the Times. But she and uh, the two journalists that Elon Musk chose, we'll see what's in the text of these uh, messages. And, uh, the we've already tweets. seen them. It's we've the already threads. seen... It sounds like George Orwell 1984, the way they call themselves about, you know, the integrity unit or the... Uh, we don't want to... We have a unit which is going to suppress whether or not you can send a tweet to somebody. It would be like AT&T saying that you're we're going to monitor your phone and you can't call your grandmother with news about politics. When well, those days, we had phones. We had landlines. We didn't have anything else. But that would be... And people would say, what? You can't do that. But then we say Twitter can do this or, or Facebook or whatever. Because as, as last night, as a uh, number of people pointed out in the news, if Twitter was doing this, everybody in Facebook and all this, they were doing exactly the same thing.
0: Oh, it's all a collusion. And this is what is so important for you all to understand. And we really have to say we're not taking it anymore. And until we are willing to stand up and stand out... On the streets of the cities and towns and country, we're not going to be heard. And so there, it's going to come to a point, and you're going to hear it here, and I'm not talking about violent, but I am talking about showing up. No, it's
1: taking it's back going our, to take us going back out system. on the
0: streets and saying we're not taking it anymore, no mas.
1: Well, it's taking back our constitutional Republican system of government. Let me give you an example. and I, This has to do with the most serious threat facing this country is China. And the most serious threat from China is our nuclear nuclear weapons. For years and years and years, we were told China has a couple hundred nuclear weapons, and that's it. It's all peaceful rise. They'll never use them first. They separate the warheads from the missiles. Uh, They have no uh, aggressive intents. They're not rebuilding. They're not in favor of an arms race. And they'll never go first. Well, what has come out in the last year, particularly last week, when the Pentagon issued a report, said, oops, China is going to have, in 2035, at least 1,500 warheads, which is exactly the number of warheads, roughly, were allowed under the New START Treaty. Okay? That's number one. Number two, we know they called Japan's willingness to defend Taiwan. They said, we will nuke Japan until you surrender again like you did in World War II. Well, that's using nuclear weapons first because Japan doesn't have any. Okay? And then they said, well, we only have a couple hundred. Well, 1,500 isn't just a couple hundred. Okay, they're building submarines. They're building submarine-launched ballistic missiles. 360 new silos we've discovered in Western China, which is what you put ballistic missiles in, and the DF-41 and the DF-31, which the two missiles they'd put in there, have anywhere from two to three to ten warheads. Okay. You can do the math. So so here is something that has taken years to come out. Finally, the military, Admiral Richard our retired stratcom commander pushed and pushed and pushed to get this out. And finally the Pentagon has acknowledged, yes, it's true. What our intelligence community has been saying for decades that eh, don't worry about it is not true.
0: Okay. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to success happens. I have with me today, Peter Husey in studio. We're talking about really the international, uh, Reality that we're all living in today and we need to wake up and walk out and get out there and start showing our discontent with the way things are going. It's time to save America. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen and I have with me today Peter Husey. And Peter, there's so much to talk about and I always love having you on the show because we can always go on for hours. (laughs) Um, One of the things that really concerns me if I were to kind of go through my notes here and pick out the few things that I think we must cover. One of those things is China has been buying up land strategically in U.S. agricultural land, which we use to feed the people, around military bases. What's going on?
1: Well, it's very interesting. Uh, one of those bases is in North Dakota. North Dakota is where you have land-based ICPMs. It's the Minot... Air Force Base, I'm very intimately related and knowledge about that. I work with the Minot people. And the Air Force was asked this question by Congress. We have all this land being in it, and that we also have indications the Chinese are putting electronic messaging systems where they can listen in on what's going on. And there was worry about they would interfere with the communications between the President and the launch people in the ICBM business. I don't know what the answer is going to come back in terms of what the Chinese may or may not have been doing, but you're right. If you look around the country, uh, the total amount is I I two hundred thousand acres comes to mind as what they're have bought so far. I may be wrong, but it's this is a critical asset of the United States. I remember growing up. It's a up,
0: national security my, issue.
1: Growing up, I remember we took a trip. My family drove across the country to Colorado to my brother's graduation from high school. And we looked at the grain silos. And my dad said, That's America's strength. And it was. It was we were the number one exporter of grain in the world. And it brought food prices down here, which is great for our economy, and helped feed the world, which was great. And it's true. I don't think we should let China buy, whether it's buying that or critical raw materials or selling 20 percent of our uranium to Rosatom, which is a Russian nuclear. It should be
0: illegal to sell any any, uh, China uh, (laughs) leader or or CCP-related person any of our assets. I I
1: I wouldn't sell Chinese. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm someone who wants to decouple from the Chinese economy over time decouple our economy, take the supply chain, well, from Panama to Mexico, and then in the United States, we could build a whole lot of factories.
0: Yeah. Now, I want to go that back be to— be interesting? Yes, it would be, and I agree with you. I want to go back to the 200,000 acres, and I want to give a shout-out to Governor Kristi Noem because she has said yes. in their state legislature she is pushing that they put in provisions yes. that they are—it is unlawful to sell— to the Chinese, any of their agricultural land.
1: Yeah, because they have also an air force base in South Dakota, uh, which is critically important, and that's part of the reasons. But I would agree. I don't whether there's a military base nearby or not. I don't think we should be taking our agricultural land and selling it to anybody in China. I mean, I'm a hawk on this business.
0: So here's here's the dichotomy: like you take a Christie gnome and then you you juxtapose her to mr larry hogan and and you say okay larry is in bed with the chinese he's going to the globalist things he's 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 uh you know doing business with uh china and so you know i i find it shocking that um and he thinks he's going to run for governor that's very funny to president. me yeah oh president yeah. rather sorry he is governor Unfortunately, he we really lost him in the last few years. He he. I don't know what happened to him, but but the the point being that yes, if he runs for president, that would be um, a, a, I think a non-starter. But but when you look at there's a choice to be made: do business with China, don't do business with China. Choose. It's very clear. It's to me, it's very clear, and. You know, I've met some Chinese American people here who left to start over here. And, you know, I think my heart goes out to them because if they have people back in China, you know, how free are they?
1: They're, they're, even male. here, they're, they're, uh, this is a common thing. When I was way back in the 70s, I had lunch monthly with the head of the Peking Daily, it was a government run newspaper. He'd been a political prisoner. He'd been in a labor camp for years. And I asked him, where was his wife and children? He said, they're in Peking. And I'm reminded of that every day by my master's in China.
0: Yeah, and so how free are you, really? Well,
1: that's, that's, the Chinese use that as a tool to... Now, it's interesting. A Chinese national bought Smithfield Ham. His wife and his children are here in school at Harvard and Yale, respectively, I think. Also... AMC, the movie chain, was bought by the Chinese guy who has the most movie theaters in China, and his family is going to school here in America. What are they doing? They're parking their money here. It can't be attached by the Chinese government in case they disappear.
0: Well, the other thing I would say is is Smithfield is, is an interesting thing because, you know, they do, I think, a lot of pork processing over there. Yes, of so, course. So you talk they, about our food supply through Smithfield. You know, If you're buying any, and they have a, about six or eight brands underneath the exactly. Smithfield label.
1: But the point is the Chinese billionaire bought, the biggest pork producer in China, bought Smithfield ham here to park his money here to get out at least some of it from under the clutches of being grabbed by the Chinese Communist Party. Because he was, obviously, both of them were worried about their people in China who are business people who just, like in Russia, disappear.
0: Yeah. Okay? It's, it's it's very sad. And that's
1: one of the reasons I want to get unhooked from the Chinese business is we should not be under that kind of uh, pressure where doing business in China requires us basically to hang our morals on the door as we go in the building and
0: so forget about So what are about, three things, Peter, you think we should do?
1: Oh, well, easy. Number one. The United States invests civilian and military pensions in an international fund, which is done by Wall Street. It's about $50 billion. Problem is, some of that money goes to Chinese.
0: I thought that had been ruled. not. It
1: had, but then it got undone. By Biden. Well, it's unclear who in the Treasury Department Because
0: under Trump, it was, it was put in it, place. You couldn't yes, do that.
1: Yes, and what we did is we found out that Larry Fink, being very powerful... Head of uh, BlackRock uh, loves doing business with China, and he said, "Why should he doesn't want us to be transparent in terms of what are you investing in?" Because there's no, there is a legal requirement that we know what is in a mutual fund, but he will not implement about what stocks are in that fund. So I would immediately take all money away from anybody. And number two, China raises over a trillion dollars a year in our capital markets. To buy A lot of it used to buy their own currency to prop up their value so to lower prices of export goods to undercut everybody else. So we buy this stuff. I would prevent China from raising money in our capital markets until they pay us the trillion and a half dollars they owe us of bonds from back in the 1920s and 30s, which they're in default. And under international law, being in default means you can't raise money in our capital markets. And what's the Number third three, thing? Bring the supply chain back to America and the Americas between here and Panama and South America, uh, bring it back.
0: And mine would be number four, make it illegal to sell our agricultural resource land to anyone affiliated with the CCP, either directly or indirectly. I
1: would I would agree with that. What Christy is doing in South Dakota is right.
0: It's the right precedent. She's awesome. All right. Well, listen, everybody. It's been great to have Peter here. And, you know, it's a time for us to activate and get involved. This is our country, and it's time for us to take our country back. And the way that happens is you get involved in the local level. So go to the school board meetings. Go to the board of election meetings. Go to the different organizations and, and get involved. And I that means also the GOP. The GOP is having their convention this weekend. How involved are you in that? Do you know anything about it? Because they're the ones who are going to decide your future here locally with the candidates and the leadership. And if we keep having the same people from the same VAT coming out and, and, and serving up the same politics, we will not experience change. So that means you've got to get involved. You've got to get involved in your central committee meetings. You've got to run for central committee next time. We need people involved from, from the local communities. You know, when we look back, and, and you're a historian, but, you know, think back when we had people go to the town hall and to the, to the town square, and they talk about the issues, and they get involved because they ran their community. Somebody else didn't do it for them and we've become very much drive-by citizens, and we need to start activating and really getting involved. And that's one thing I will say about the DNC. They're better at getting people activated than we are, Uh, and I think that's got to change. So listen, everybody, have a fabulous week. I want to also remind you, please go to wherever you get your podcast, download the podcast, share them, like them, push them out there. We're trying to build that out and we will be doing better about getting those podcasts up on a timely basis. But do go back and listen to some of these shows that we've had because there's great information there that you can share with others. Have a great week. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Bye-bye. Radio 9.